1: rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast
0: for all things royals. Stand by. Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us the real rating of a five-star review. How else are you going to keep on top of all of this news? Please. please. How else? <laughs> I don't know how. You can also send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com um, This week. <laughs> we, what do you even say? What do you even say? I thought maybe we should start this episode with like a yoga breath. I think we should. So here's what I like to do. I was taught this for like anxiety. So you put. Your th- right thumb on your right nostril. Take a like inhale for seven seconds, a count of seven, in your left nostril. Then close it with your left index finger and open your right nostril and exhale for eight. Actually, thank you inhale for seven, hold for four, exhale for eight. Well, I already did it, so I'm really. Oh sniffly. no, you just sniffled. That's so gross. I'm so gross. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> January is really hard. Anyway, the point is, it's we need week. yoga breathing because it's really been a week, and I was just. Re-listening to last week's episode and the little emergency section at the front, we sound so crazy. I mean, what a roller coaster. (laughs) It
1: starts with us in full-on adrenaline breaking news mode, trying to figure out everything we can about the stories and what's going on. And then cut to the previously recorded episode (laughs) where I'm just buzzed and talking about how much I love Canada.
0: And Kate Middleton's fedora. Kate Middleton's fedora now feels like an entire lifetime ago. I know. It was... It was so different back then. Yeah, we've we've aged a lot in the past week, um, but we're calmer now, sort of, mm-hmm. and we're ready to discuss this week's um, news. So first, of course, the Sandringham Summit, mm-hmm. um, then what's played out in the last week since our nutty recording, um, and then we have some other updates from elsewhere in the family who are just continuing to work, you know. <laughs> this week's Royal Refreshment is... And now it's time for the Weekly Royal
1: Cocktail.
0: This week, we are drinking tea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we um, we don't have an alcoholic beverage because, I don't know, I think I'd fall asleep if I had one. And also we need to be clear-headed to discuss all of this, as and, clear-headed as
1: possible. And it's Tuesday night and uh, a Democratic debate is happening after this recording and I have
0: to work. So. The world is too much. 2020... Cut me a break. This has been the longest year of my life. The longest. It's too much. It's been two weeks so far. I'm really tired. Um, But yeah, I'm having a lavender white blueberry tea, which is like a lot, but it smells like heaven.
1: Mine is peppermint tea and it is not caffeinated so I can go to sleep. (laughs) That's good.
0: Very helpful. Um, And then we have a listener email um, from Ellen. Would you like to read this one? Yes. The subject is birthday queen. Um, She writes...
1: Good tidings, Royally Obsessed. I have an unusual request. It is my friend Jess's birthday on January 17th. She is completely royally obsessed with your podcast, first and foremost, and the royal family. If possible, could you wish her a happy 21st birthday on the pod? She would be so smitten and it would be such a great surprise. If not, no worries. She will still give you a five-star <laughs> review.
0: Cheerio, Ellen. Oh, happy birthday, Jess. Happy birthday. 21. Wow. Wow. That's a whole other generation listening to this podcast. Is, I don't it, know. is it Z? I think that's a Z. Gen Z. Gen Z. Welcome. Wow. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> I
1: hope that you have a really fun birthday. I hope that you stay safe. You get to buy alcohol for the first time ever.
0: Yeah. That's why I say Stay safe. You know, you might not be taking shots in Daytona Beach, Florida, like I was on my 21st birthday. It's really? a true story. I say Daytona Beach and it sounds like I'm on I spring don't, break I'm, yeah I was because my birthday's in March but oh, right. it sounds like I'm very old because like who goes to Daytona Beach for spring break anymore maybe people do I don't know that's what I was doing on my 21st um, and it was quite sloppy so I hope that you are taking care of yourself Jess and have a wonderful wonderful birthday you have a great friend in Ellen and thank you for listening um, and then we have the wackiest this week in real history <laughs> and now this week in royal history
1: Yes, so it definitely offsets um, everything that we've been discussing. This just is a little bit wonky, I'd say. And yes. it's also about someone that kind of changed something up. Um,
0: <laughs> you want to lead it. If you will. So in this week in 1994, the Duchess of Kent joined the Catholic Church. So, what, you might say. But <laughs> she was the first member of the royal family to convert to Catholicism in 300 years. Um, an act of parliament in 1701 banned heirs to the throne from being or marrying a Roman Catholic. Um, but her husband, um, the Duke, was 18th, is the Queen's cousin, and 18th in line for the throne. Um, so, some people at the time in the mid 90s were concerned that this conversion had something to do with current issues facing the Anglican Church. I don't know what issues were facing the Anglican Church in the mid 90s. 90s but apparently they were um and a spokesperson for the duchess said this is a long pondered personal decision by the duchess and it has no connection with issues such as the ordination of women priests so interesting maybe that
1: was the issue perhaps that Um, would make sense and then also um the duke's office said that her conversion would have no constitutional implications because she's anglican at the time of her
0: marriage and again he's 18th in line so it just goes to show a different duchess of a very different time, which is to say 25 years ago, um, shaking things up, doing things her own way. Let's just say it's a theme. I don't know. What am I <laughs> hinting at? I'm hinting at where we're going, which is the Singingham Summit. Yes. Gather around. Envision this meeting, if you will. So obviously this was highly anticipated, highly hyped. Everyone
1: was watching. I was seeing tweets of people being like, this person arrived, that person arrived. But – All we really know is that we got a statement afterwards. So we're going to start with what the Queen said. Yes. Um, So after meeting with Harry, um, reportedly with Harry alone for a little while, that's what I've read. But after meeting with Harry, Charles and William, the Queen issued a statement saying, um, my family and I are entirely supportive of Harry and Meghan's desire to create a new life as a young family although we would have preferred them to remain full-time working members of the royal family we respect and understand their wish to have to live a more independent life as a family while remaining a valued part of my family and that's only part of it. But if
0: you notice, I said family so many times. Yeah, she says family eight times in the statement. And um, so, you know, of course, we um, have only been covering the queen for a little bit, but she's been around quite a bit longer. And I was really struck by a lot of the royals reporters that I follow were saying that this was a huge departure for her to use this kind of language and to speak personally. Um as she seemed to be doing, and she also calls Harry and Meghan Harry and Meghan and not by their formal titles. Um, and she keeps talking about my family, like they're valued members of my family. Yeah. And she
1: said she had a really constructive talk with her grandson, and she said that, um, you know, the they're going to be working everything out, but it's a little bit complicated or complex,
0: I think was the word she used. It's just an interesting thing because it doesn't actually say a whole lot. Um, it doesn't say much that we didn't get last Wednesday when it was just like, we, we know that they want to change things, but it'll take a little while. This says essentially the same thing, but it's so much more tender and, um, like almost uh, I know, soft is the word that's coming to mind but yeah it's very different from the tone of her last statement yeah, which it's, was it's very intimate and again yeah she
1: says the word family like a million times um, but what's, one thing that is different is she confirms that they will be spending time in UK and Canada Canada because before like every I mean everybody knew everyone was talking about Canada yeah. but there wasn't like a real confirmation that I'm aware of Um, no. and everyone was talking about North America but of course it's Canada it's a place that's very near and dear to both Meghan and Harry's heart they've been very outspoken of their love of canada and especially the visit last week at canada house you just saw how much they loved it there and um uh
0: i mean we still were hoping that it would be brooklyn speak for yourself (laughs) i mean i would like brooklyn but first of all it's impossible to get around in the city a water main just broke like yesterday flooded lincoln center um The subway is broken.
1: I just want them to be in Canada because I know that Canada is such a wonderful place. I mean, no place is perfect. I can't pretend any place is perfect, but my homeland is, I hope, a welcoming, kind place. Of course it is. And I think that, you know, given that it is a Commonwealth country, it will allow them to continue so much of their work that they've been doing with the Commonwealth. That is, uh, the Commonwealth is obviously very important to them and they've been very outspoken
0: about how much... They, they like agree. it there. Yeah. And it is where they sort of kicked off their romance, like him visiting her on, on suits and that kind of thing. Toronto. Toronto. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, that, that was like sort of a burying the lead moment where she was like, they'll be splitting time between the UK and Canada. It was like, okay, Canada. Canada it is. Um, so let's take a step back then because um, that's- I, Actually, I would like to format this. Oh. I want you to think of it sort of like one of the Real Housewives- season openers. If you guys aren't familiar, I'm thinking specifically of Real Houses of New Jersey where sometimes they Open a season with like a crazy dramatic meeting, and then they scale way back, and it's like nine months before. But in this case, it's six days before.
1: I think that this is a really good introduction to our <laughs> new listeners. Um, this is what this podcast is. Uh, there are other podcasts that are more straightforward news. We I only
0: understand things through the Bravo universe. We
1: like Vanderpump. <laughs> last night I was watching, I the was new rewatching. <laughs> no, I was rewatching the first season because oh, I was art. feeling down and at. I, oh my God, I'm just going on a tangent. (laughs) People are not going to enjoy this. But basically, I'm enjoying it. The horrible Frank was like calling Stassi Mm. a blogger and she was really upset about it. I understand that feeling. And I was like, that
0: that was my profession for a while. I understand that feeling. But so we're starting with the summit, but then we want to, you know, sort of wheel back to where we were on Wednesday and Thursday of last week. So, of course, that news comes out. Lisa and I go completely insane, as do so many of you. Um, And then all these rumors start hitting right away. So we had rumors that, Maybe they're working with Oprah. Maybe they're working with the Obamas, like all these things about how, like what their next steps will be. A lot of speculation.
1: Yeah. And there were also rumors of like people feeling hurt. I think the Post used the words incandescent with rage. I'm going to think about that phrase a lot. Yeah. yeah. They, they suggested that Charles and William were incandescent with rage. So those are just some of the rumors that were happening. There were a million rumors at the start. Yeah. But so – um. We had some people actually break it all down. So Omid Scobie, who's a really fantastic Royals reporter who writes for Harper's Bazaar and I think is a really reliable Royals reporter, he really outlined what actually happened and what led up to the Sussex statement. And I really appreciate it because I think everyone was like, what's going on? Like, you know, people are saying, "Hurt this, that, what, huh? So – Oma did a really fantastic job, and I would recommend people read his piece. It's called Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan had
0: discussed plans to step back with the Queen and senior royals. So it basically was also breaking down an idea that already now seems old, but I remember that was all the talk on Wednesday night where it was like this was the Queen was blindsided, the whole family was blindsided, and this report was sort of like, no, they weren't blindsided. I mean, I always was sort of, I don't know, I— in disbelief about that because, again, we've known that he's been splitting apart, for example, the Sussex and Cambridges charities for months. So I don't think – it just the blindsided thing seemed not real to me. So he explained how they had been working together. Um, they had been discussing this for months. It'd it had been – oh. It also got into the the thing that uh, Laney Gossip had suggested in one of her posts, which was that the reason why the timing happened when it did was because um, – there was a leak to the sun. Yes. So he says there
1: were talks for months um, on, quote, unquote, all levels um, about this plan. They've been very open with various branches of the family and people working within it. But then someone leaked it to the sun, and then the, quote, From a source close to the couple that Omid cites, it says they felt they had been cornered. It was a case of act now or lose control of something they spent a long time working on.
0: Yeah. So that might be why um, it moved up the timing of the statement. And that's why other members of the royal family were surprised. But they were trying to own it and try to, like, sort of control the messaging in that way. So that does not surprise me either. And also,
1: uh, quote, unquote, high-ranking palace aide also addresses the incandescent with rage (laughs) (laughs) comment. And they said that um, it was like the— there was surprise, but the reaction was far from uh, the dramatic emotional response described by some. No one was incandescent with rage, and no one is about to punish anyone. The speed at which this now needs to be dealt with is not ideal, but the plans themselves are not a problem. It's not a crisis. It's a case of helping the couple reach the goal. Yeah. So it sounds like this person was saying, it's not the plans. It's just it got it got sped up a little bit. And then uh, Omid continues that the— vision from Harry and Meghan is to create a new working model that allows them to blend a balanced mix of official duties in the name of the queen and then their own independently funded philanthropic interests, which will be anchored by their new Sussex Royal Foundation. And then it also says that they want independence uh, financially, and so they're not going to take any money from the sovereign grant. Yeah. And um, another thing that they've been and I am using a British term, keen to tackle, <laughs> is taking control of the coverage of their work, which touches on what the Sussexes said about the Royal Rota system, yeah. the um, you know, the group of tabloids that have first dibs on any royal news. They said that they realized that in order to um, reach beyond what they call the cartel, um, which is what they call the group of royal correspondents, they really needed to... Um, uh, have self-funded events so that they don't have to be tied to that agreement
0: yeah the omid report ended on a friend saying they're feeling confident harry and megan are aware they'll be criticized perhaps even vilified for taking control of their lives of creating a positive future for themselves and their family has always been their priority i was just happy to hear the word confident because it was really a brutal couple of days for coverage of those two um so i, I it was just nice for me to hear that they're feeling good If that's possible in this time. I think they'll feel really great in the long run, but this month is not going to be a pleasant one, I don't think. Sometimes that happens. Like, I mean, I've never
1: experienced anything like this (laughs) personally. But like, sometimes you have to rip off the Band-Aid, and it's
0: really difficult, but then it's better long term. I mean, we hate change. We hate change. Lisa and I are not components of change in our personal lives.
1: (laughs) But for other people, we are really happy for them to embrace change, especially if it's an environment which, and I'm using a word that's in a people report,
0: so it's not my own term, but especially if it's an environment which they feel is toxic. Yeah. And speaking of that, another word that was um, being used, of course, was the Times of London said that – that Harry and Megan were feeling bullied by William and that that was part of the concern um, or part of the reason that they left or wanted to leave. And so um, of all of the like nuttiness that came out in the last couple of days, that was the thing that they reacted to um, together. William and Harry released a statement saying that the bullying story was false and actually harmful, potentially harmful. Um, and they really like, dug in their heels saying, you know, we work in mental health and you can't just throw around the term bullying, um, which again reminds me of the Real Housewives. I just have to say that they're always focusing on bullying. <laughs> like really? they, they they reuse that word a lot. They throw it around a lot. Like if you criticize me, you're bullying me. Um, and so here's the two of them being like, you can't just throw around the word bully. Like we do not feel bullied. Like just no. Um, so I liked that that was... Um, that was struck down as was um from oprah and the obamas were like no we're not working with them
1: <laughs> yeah because immediately like there were so many reports immediately and i think that all these denials just go to show that like sometimes people just need to take things not necessarily with a grain of salt but just not believe all the headlines that are out there which is something that harry and megan has been have been trying to show us anyway with what they've written about the yeah. press and stuff but so people were saying that you know um they were being advised by Oprah, and Oprah said, Megan and Harry do not need my help figuring out what's best for them. I care about them both and support whatever decisions they make for their, fa- their family. And then people were saying, I don't remember which publication, but some people was saying some people were saying um, that the Obamas were advising them, and then a source I don't know who, but a source squashed those rumors and said it was totally false and told People magazine, the rumors of them having anything to do with this are totally false. The former president and first lady are not advising the couple and have not been in contact with them. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy, just like the leaps that people are making with various rumors, but I guess that's just the nature of rumors. But Yeah,
0: I think so. And I'll just mention here, I want to get this right, but there have been reports that Meghan signed a voiceover deal with Disney and- Right now, only the UK paper, the Times, is reporting that. Everybody else who's picked that up as fact um, does this thing. Like, I'm holding it up now. But they put report in parentheses because it hasn't been confirmed anywhere. But by the Times. As of Tuesday. (laughs) As of Tuesday night. So it's just a report that she signed a voiceover with Disney. But it's that kind of story that gives, like, haters of the Sussexes so much ammo. Because it's like, oh, my God, it's only been a day. And she already has a Disney deal, like – what an actress that kind of thing but then if it is true that she signed this
1: deal then the report also says that all the proceeds go to charity yeah so, so like I, why it, is that a problem and it
0: might have been something she did she could could have done as a working royal so i don't completely like There's just been so much stuff, and it's really been like every hour. Um, And then meanwhile, there have been some really, of course, thoughtful op-eds and reactions um, and summaries. So I want to just mention, for example, um, in the New York Times, there was this really lovely op-ed, Black Britons wonder what took Harry and Meghan so long, Mm -hmm. um, which was really beautiful. And then, of course, um, in BuzzFeed, they did something that – Maybe I think for us, for Lisa and I, and maybe for all of you listening who are also very into the Royals, maybe the BuzzFeed report that they put together wouldn't have been shocking. Because if you follow the Royals, you already know that a lot of the coverage around Meghan has been racist and sexist um, and classist. So maybe that wasn't surprising. But I really think the visual of putting together so many headlines tw- – they did—they put together 20 headlines comparing coverage of Meghan to Kate Middleton um, – That show on like very like hyper focused topics. So for example, remember people were hating on Megan for liking avocados, which is the craziest thing. (laughs) Because I guarantee that the people that are writing those articles are also eating avocados. It's a
1: very common thing to eat. It's just I eat avocados, and like, and if I am doing something wrong by eating avocados, I'm very sorry. But it's so insane that her making avocado toast for a dear friend who is visiting led to headlines like the what was it like it was basically it was literally
0: like megan's favorite food is tied to like apocalypse (laughs) so nutty it was like environmental destruction um unfair labor and apocalyptic conditions and it was like oh megan eating an, an avocado causes the apocalypse whereas the comparison to kate kate's headline was when she has felt morning sick um from her pregnancies that william gave her an avocado to feel better like that is a perfect comparison. And there were so many others. Um, One that also stuck out to me was the thing about that Kate had lily of the Valley flowers in her bouquet, and it was beautiful and traditional. And that when Meghan had them in the flower crowns that her bridesmaids wore, like Princess Charlotte, that that is a lethal flower that could have killed Princess Charlotte. That's insane. Oh, it's and then so they picked crazy. a picture of Charlotte sneezing. <laughs> yeah, and they picked a picture of, Scarlet <laughs> of Charlotte sneezing. Say that three times fast. So I think that It's actually a really good summary to send to your less royally obsessed friends who are like, hey, because I'm sure this is happening to a lot of you guys right now, that your friend who doesn't completely get it is texting you to be like, what's your take on it? Like, Mm -hmm. what can you explain this to me? And you can just send them that story and be like, here's just a quick summary of how Meghan Markle has been treated in the press. Um, So I'm really grateful to BuzzFeed for putting that together. BuzzFeed by the reporter Ellie Hall. Yes. Um, So really lovely stuff there. Um, And then we had, I think that brings us to the summit. Um, So that's been the last couple of days.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so we're recording Tuesday night. And, you know, with all the examples we just gave you of rumors, we really want to be be careful of what we talk about because we don't want to report on any rumors like it's fact or anything like that. So we really don't know much that came out of the summit. We can only say that, you know, we hope that everything will be okay. Like, (laughs) I know that sounds that sounds silly, but I feel like sometimes people forget that These are people and like Harry and Megan, when they spoke out on ITV in that interview, they really showed a lot of the pain that they were going through. And I just hope that, you know, they're getting to do what's best for their family. And I hope that people just let them. Yeah. Like let them do what's best for them. What's best for them might not be best for you or might not be best for people in their family, but we all have to put
0: up boundaries and take care of ourselves. Yeah. I think in the days to come, we're going to start to feel a bit of the like, weird lull of, like, okay, that happened and I don't know what that means and maybe I won't see them for a while or I don't know when the next event I'm going to see them and it it feels sad. Like, actually, today I was reading um, Caroline Holloman who we've had on the show, uh, is a writer for Town and & Country, and she wrote a piece today about how now that some of things – now that things have come down just a little bit, she feels just sad. Well, she's sad that it came to this point. Yeah, sad that it came to this point because she thinks that, like, it was really wonderful to see Megan join the family. And she would have preferred to, like, see years to come of what Megan could have done with this sort of, like, bigger stage, the royal stage. The senior royal stage. Yeah, senior royal stage. And how now it just feels kind of like a bummer. And I really get that feeling, too. And I could understand why some people – there was that first, like, couple of hours of, like, rah, 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 which Lisa and I both felt. we were Like, real... go get her. Go like, get them Like, good for you guys. And, like, like. come on home. Yeah. Welcome back to America, which, again, we're not getting. So <laughs> that's <laughs> part of it, too. Um, but I understood it's, just, like, a lot of emotions. And maybe that seems silly, too, because there's lots of other terrible things happening in the world right now. And so, like. There's so many terrible co- things. Like, like what is can't it? can't not emphasize <laughs> it. Like, it's, it's a, it's a rough there. time. But, like. You know, it's the world keeps turning and we're going to keep talking about this family and we have, you know, weeks and months to figure this out because as they said in the statement, it's they're still hashing it out.
1: Yeah. And also they're like the Sussexes are still going to do stuff. They're still going to work on their charities and, you know, they're they're going to I think they're going to do really great. I think they're, they'll be fine.
0: And I'm really excited to see what they do. Me um, too. So how about some other royal tidbits? What do we got? So.
1: Other royals were doing things, um, which was shocking to me because I was like, wait, what else is so happening? So you say, so you say. So Princess Anne, who we like. We, do we? We think she's great. I don't know if you've listened to the podcast. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you turned off the podcast when we started talking about Real Housewives. But we do like Princess Anne. We do think she's really cool. Um, but she received an honorary degree from uh, the University of Aberdeen. And so she was conferred with the degree by
0: her sister-in-law, Camilla. So fun in her role as a university's chancellor. Um, she was nominated by the university for the honor and recognition of her charity work. As we've noted in the past, Princess Anne is often named the hardest working royal every single year, just in terms of how many appearances she does. I think I don't think it was this past year. No, I. I but like usually, but like usually, yeah, usually, usually,
1: definitely. But then, um, so she was, she was honored for her charity work, including her work as the patron of Save the Chil- Save the Children, and um, it says she's
0: involved with scores of other organizations. In. Sure is. So it turns out that um, while Camilla is the chancellor of the University of Aberdeen, Princess Anne is the chancellor of the University of Edinburgh. So after she received the award, she told the audience, um, Anne did, ladies and gentlemen, we shall have no talk of rivalry today, but I might just casually observe that while we are to celebrate our 525th birthday next month, the New University of Edinburgh is comparatively youthful, a mere 437 years old. <laughs> Classic British humor. <laughs> um, (laughs) Um, It's super British. I just love the two of them, like, hanging out doing Scotland things. Meanwhile, uh, Prince William was at an investiture ceremony, which is when he again gets to give an MBE or OBE to people. Um, And in this case, this week, he presented to several people, but one was to a TV personality and deaf translator, Alex Duguid, with an MBE for his services to the deaf community. Um, And in a special touch, uh, William used British Sign Language um, and said, and he signed, congratulations, Alex, which you can see in a video on Kensington Royal. It was just like a really good reminder of, why we like these people and that they're good and they help the world. You know, just saying. Sometimes good to be reminded. (laughs) It's nice to be reminded. (laughs) Like all these, all this like drama aside, it's really, it's really lovely. So yeah. And Kensington Royal in their, you know, Instagram caption noted that do good is an example of how profoundly deaf people can have an impact on their community, their peers, and their country. So that's just lovely. lovely. And I'm also pronouncing do good, I hope. Properly because there was a do-good on my hall in college. Oh, I was who spelled it this way. I was impressed. That was true. <laughs> so I impressed. hope I hope that's correct. Um, but yeah, that's things that are happening elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Shall we wrap up? Yes. Okay, we did it. Before we adjourn the royal pod, let's do some lows and highs. It's time for the royal highs and lows. I'm so tired, Lisa. I'm tired I'm so too. Tired.
1: Honestly, this non-caffeinated tea. <laughs> so
0: what are your, what's your low?
1: Um, so my low is going to be the leaks. Mm-hmm. I know um, we've discussed this, like it's kind of strange for a, someone who works in journalism to be like, I hate leaks. But I just feel <laughs> like in this case... Um, I, I can't really do it justice. I would look at Lainey Gossip's reporting on this, but the leaks are just a little crazy mm-hmm. coming out of the various palaces and the various courts, etc.
0: So I think, like, those leaks need to be... Plugged. Stopped up. <laughs> Lisa just did a, a plugging-up gesture with her finger, as you could imagine. Like, I... Finger-in-the-damn yeah. style.
1: Because, I I mean, as everyone knows, I watched CBS This Morning, and <laughs> Gail King yesterday or... Yeah, yesterday. She even, like, mentioned the leaks. Like, there's just so many leaks. Like, yeah. like, who knows what would have happened with this
0: plan had it not been leaked to a tabloid. Yeah, and made everybody sort of look worse. Um, so that is real. Uh, Milo is that um, the vitriol toward the Sussexes, I mean, if you hated them before, I guess you really hate them now when you think they're disrespectful and all these things and whatever. Everyone is obviously entitled to their own opinion, but... Um, Twitter is a really gross place for this kind of thing. I sometimes I can't help myself. I just like look to see what Megan's going through. I think I'm like trying to empathize or also procrastinate on whatever real work I should be doing. <laughs> and there are some really just terrible tweets out there. That's awful. Yeah. And what's your high? My high will be as everyone who listened to last week's episode who didn't
1: unsubscribe afterwards um, <laughs> knows, I am from Canada originally and I have a lot of family there and I really love it there and I like that they're going to go there. And um, Justin Trudeau, I'm not quoting him verbatim. This is just something I read. Um, he gave a quote that I'm paraphrasing, basically said, like, you know, people are happy for them to come here. Like, you know, we got to work out some plans. We don't know what's going to happen, but like, people seem happy to have them. Yeah. And I just think that's nice. I think that,
0: I don't know, I, I just think it's lovely and I'm I'm happy with that. So my high um, is that Meghan Markle's cookbook with the Hub Community Kitchen has had a sales spike since all this happened. Which is so wonderful. I actually
1: really like this cookbook. I'm pretty new to cooking, as in when I first got this cookbook, I was like, I'm going to cook all the time. But really, I only started cooking like maybe four months ago. Um, And I do it occasionally on Sunday nights.
0: I'm proud of you for trying. Thank you.
1: But all the recipes are so wonderful in this cookbook. And so I would highly recommend it to just about anybody. Like if if you like to cook or if you want to pretend you cook the way that I usually pretend <laughs> I would recommend it but it's so lovely
0: that they've had such a spike and it wasn't um, accidental as nothing is a lot of um, Sussex fans we're sort of creating a campaign, another groundswell, like grassroots campaign to get this, you know, if you were waiting to buy the book, buy it now as a sign of support. Um, you're doing something for charity and also you're showing Megan some support in the Sussexes. So that's really nice.
1: They've really, like, her fans have really rallied around her causes. Um, yeah. Over the last couple of years, there was the baby shower and then the, the effort to plant all of the trees, which we yeah. both follow and we're, we love watching. Yeah. And now this. I think,
0: that's wonderful. The fans are very powerful. Um, so we love that. And go buy the cookbook if you haven't already. It is displayed prominently on my shelf. I have two books that have Meghan Markle's face on them. So I like to face them out on my bookshelf. Is one of them um, Chris Jackson's book? No, I wish. It was the, um, the biography of her that came out right around their marriage, I believe. Oh. Right around their wedding. Um, before we... Well, we already... Highs and lows, Jesus Christ. Um, You can drop us an email at info gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the Royals. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five star review on Apple Podcast. Here's a real review (laughs) that is so rude. It's it's so rude. We
1: don't only receive
0: amazing (laughs) reviews. Um,
1: So this one says the subject Vocal Fry and Too Much Megan and Harry. Long-time listener, I was willing to put up with the vocal fry of both hosts because I love royal coverage and show used to be clever and cute. Their skewed views on Meghan and Harry are too much. Unsubscribe.
0: Is the skew that we consider them human beings? I think that's it, honestly. That might be it. I'm okay with that. As a criticism, legally speaking. You think people are people. (laughs) I think people are people and that they deserve our respect. Um, You can follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can follow me, Caitlin at Hey K H E Y K M E N Z, on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. You can follow me, Lisa at Lisa Raya.
1: Um, on Twitter and Instagram where I don't speak so there's no vocal fry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and until next week where we'll have more tea to make our voices sound ever better. Uh, God save the pod. Can I finish my tea now? I hope nothing else happens. I can't take it. <laughs> I can't take it. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a Gallery
1: Podcast production.